Maureen's gone. She's 15 minutes late. She turned up. She's fucked off again already. Brilliant. <laughs> Here she comes. Here she comes. She's got Here it. She She's arrived. It is Maureen. She's got a book. Everybody, hooray! hooray! I've got my notebook. Welcome to Women Talking Bollocks, a podcast where you'll hear, well, three women talking utterly bollocks. What you won't hear is anyone nattering on about fashion, makeup, diets, or those blinking Kardashians. I'm not even sure I know who they are, if I'm honest. But what you will hear is some uplifting, irreverent chat with myself, Jen Brister, and my two very dear friends, comedians and women the very wonderful, if slightly eccentric, Maureen Younger and the dashing, kind, charisma bomb that is Alison June Smith. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Cool, because I wrote all my notes for the show this week and obviously didn't bring it. Anyways, moving on. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You're here. We're delighted to see you. Maureen Younger, we missed you um, for the 15 minutes we were waiting for you. Um, It's absolutely fine. How are you? Uh, I just had to do an official form, which was supposed to take 15 minutes, but obviously took an hour and 15 minutes. Oh, I don't like official forms. It kept throwing me out. uh, Anyways, so I've got a lot of official stuff to do at the moment and it is driving me in. Yeah, I don't like any of the worst. Although you yeah. need this phone, you need this document. Oh, you, it's been twenty minutes. We've kicked you out. You've got to start from the beginning again. Yeah. I tell you what I hate is when they make you do all these documents and then you have to write a survey about how you feel about filling in a document. <laughs> I, I don't want to fill in another document about a document that I didn't want to fill in in the first place. Please bog off. Tell well, us how you feel about like this document. Fifteen minutes I, long or something. And you're like, yeah. are you kidding me? So, Alison, how was your week? 
let's use let's you kick it off because <coughs> you know Jen and I spent time together this week again. I know. I'm I was going like, to, before you I'm going to have my own yeah. section this bit where I'm going yeah, to talk you go about for what it. I did. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Oh, that's great. I like that Jenna's claiming back her own life. I, yeah, I, I just want to tell I'd, the people. I'd like to. I'd like to talk about what I do if that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> go on, okay, Alison. Well, go for I, it. I was in Galway this weekend. I did the Galway Comedy Festival, which nice. was a very oh. fun. Galway That's... is such a beautiful city. I bet. It is. It is so beautiful. And uh, it was a real fun festival. It was a fun festival because it's one of these festivals where there's shows going on all over Galway. Like, it, you know. And there was a one really cool, I thought this was a great idea. I never heard this for shows before. So it was a pub crawl. But what it was was two separate pub crawls. So... The audience at one starts off at one place and they see someone do a set and then the audience goes to the other place yeah. and then they switch and then they meet up at a third location to everyone. So then it's like one giant audience for a closer. And I was like, what a great idea. So it was like two separate pub crawls and <coughs> they come together. It was, uh, it was really fun. It was real fun. It was a good time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But Galway was so great. And you know, the most exciting part for me I had this thing, okay, because when I was in Galway, I was like, I'm going to eat seafood, right? If you're there, if you're by the, the water, you're getting seafood. I had probably the most breathtaking seafood chowder I've ever had in my entire life. And then I also really? had a thing called, maybe you've heard of this, I never, potted crab? Potted yeah. crab? Yeah, 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 yeah. <gasps> That's a very... I never... I, I'm loath to say British because obviously you're in Ireland, but that, I mean, I've, I've had it obviously in this country, uh, potted crab, oh. yeah, yeah. It was so good. Just straight up crab kind of in a, and then you just spread it on the bread. Oh my God. In a, in I, a I sort mean, of buttery, it's sort of like almost in yes. butter, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It was a mind blowing experience. Uh, it was one of the most delicious things that I've eaten because I love crab and it was just nice to have straight up crab. Oh, it was so good. So that those were my highlights. The shows were that's great, a, but potted crab. Yeah. That's a great highlight. Alison, that sounds amazing. Thanks. Yeah, I love a bit Thanks. of potted crab. And also, I've never been to that part of Ireland. I've never really been to the west coast of Ireland. So um, it is the west coast, isn't it? Have I made that up? No, I is it the west it coast? I believe it is. Yeah. Oh my god. I think don't, so. Don't at me if I'm wrong. Um, but no, I've, it's I've, on I've the only coast. Have, it's definitely the coast. I've been. Um, I've only really been to Dublin. I went to Kilkenny, but I couldn't tell you where that is. Um, and but Belfast, I've never really explored Ireland. I'd love to because it looks. Stunning. I'd love well, you're going to. there in February, aren't you? You're taking your show to Northern Ireland. I am, but I'm going to Dublin and Belfast. So I'm going to exact the exact two cities I've been to before. So I won't be seeing anything of Ireland, as you know, uh, Maureen, because we're arriving in Dublin, then we leave Dublin, go to Belfast, then we leave Belfast, then we go home. And that's it. I would like to spend a bit of quality time in Ireland and mooch about with a car and drive around and have a little look. A little look-see. But that's what touring is, Jen. It's not about you enjoying yourself. Touring is not about you enjoying yourself. Touring no. is about get to the venue, do the gig, get up early, go to the next place. Yeah. That's what People it is. People are like, oh, it must I'm be sorry. so lovely seeing all these places. You're like, yeah, it's really lovely seeing the inside the of the hotel and the station and then leaving. <laughs> I, 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 I'm and not airport. on holiday. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not, you know, not taking the time to, to, to mooch about town. Um, uh, it was kids half term uh, last week and so... We did some fun stuff and we took them to see the recording of The Masked Singer, which they loved. 
Do you know the Masked Singer, presented mm-hmm. by Joel Domit? I mean, they've got one of you know. If you're if you're listening to this in the US, you'll have you'll you'll have the original Masked Singer. I think it started in the States, but they're all over. So you get one in Britain and UK. Anyway, our one in this country is hosted by uh, a comedian called Joel Domit, who um, I worked with when I did that gig in Mid- Middlesbrough in Middlesbrough Town Hall. And when I was there, I said to him, "Oh, the kids love." Um, the mass singer, I said, they just really enjoy it. He went, oh, my, well, they've got to come to the recording. And he said, I'll, I'll sort out tickets for you and uh, you bring the kids and it'll be a right laugh. And I said, oh, OK, um, thinking there's no way he'll remember. There's no way I'll remember. Uh, and lo and behold, he texted me and said, do you still want tickets? Do you want to come and I'll sort these out for you? And so he sorted them out. And, and it was so lovely because we turned up. We turned up late because it was quite stressful to get there from where we were. And... Uh, <clears throat> so I text him to say we're late. We might not get there on time. He was like, "Oh, don't worry. Um, I'll, I'll save this. I'll save seats for you." Anyway, so we arrive an hour and a half after you're supposed to arrive for the recording of this show, and it's and and that is an hour and a half before the show starts. So actually, they get you in three hours before the show starts. So I'm so glad we turned up late. Oh um, my god. Anyway, we get we get sort of VIP'd through. We go straight into the studio. They sit us down. We get front row seats. Um, and, uh, and it was really fun. I mean, the record did go on for seven hours, which I'll be honest with you, was a bit too long. But um, Seven hours. I mean, I'll tell you what. Joel Domit earns his money. And uh, um, it's a long, old record. And there's a lot of set moving. And, you know, they have to shift stuff around. It's... Um, it's not as you see it on on television, is what I would say. But uh, yeah, it, it, the, the episode we went is like a standalone episode, so it's not part of the series where it goes on and uh, there's an overall winner. It's like a one-off. Uh, I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. Um, uh, Mask singer mashup. So uh, it goes out. Actually, it actually goes out on Sunday. So if you're watching the Mask singer, you might you might see me and my children in front row. Uh, Probably won't actually. It's unlikely. But um, anyway, they had a great time. Uh, I was so tired. I can't tell you. I, I was because I basically got back from touring. Then on the Monday we'd taken the kids to London. We'd stayed overnight in a hotel. Then on Tuesday we'd sort of done something else, and then we'd rushed out to go to see the Masked Singer. By the time it got to being there, I was absolutely on my knees. Um, so tired that. I, if 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 it had been the cinema, I would have gone to sleep. sleep. I would yeah, have done that classic parent thing of lights out, kids are watching something, night night. But unfortunately, there's loads of cameras and they don't let you sleep in the front row of a TV studio. They're like, they're really not into it. They're like, could you keep your eyes open for this bit? So um, <laughs> it's fun. I buy those glasses it. that have the fake eyes on the front of it, so it just looks like you're <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got to get up and clap and like dance. Oh, and stuff. oh, okay. Oh my god, <laughs> which, as you can imagine, I was not down with. Um, anyway, that was fun. Kids had a good time, and then of course I went away with Maureen, and I'll let Maureen pick this up from if she wants. <laughs> Tell us <laughs> the uh, adventures. Maureen can pick up the second half of my week oh, with Maureen. Few, yes, we were in we were in Coventry and Leicester. Um, Great. I mean, Coventry was lovely. The Leicester audience were just insane. They were just absolutely uh, laughing at everything. <coughs> it was a fantastic gig. Um, 
Jen and I and Coventry decided to go our separate ways because I was looking for my... Leicester in Leicester. Leicester, that's it. Greasy Spoon that I haven't been to for years. It's the Greasy Spoon I always go to when I'm in Leicester. All I can remember is you go down the main drag and it's on the left. That I couldn't remember the name. And if, Anyway, we found it, much to Jen's horror, because she took one step in it and then took one step back out and went, I'm not going in there. And I went, you're a snob. She went, yes, I am. And uh, she went off to find another restaurant. I had a great time. I, off I ordered a large roast dinner, which was large. But I still managed to eat it, but it was... It was large. Jen went Thai. And also, Alison, Jen has been recognised a couple of times, including one woman who was in tears just meeting her. To be often, I'm often feel like crying when I'm in Jen's company, but for different reasons. <laughs> um, but the woman was so overcome at bumping into Jen at the train station. She was like, she was actually <coughs> in tears. It was, very, oh. it was kind of sweet, wasn't it? it was, she was like, yeah. I can't believe, I can't believe it. Thinking, believe did it. you take a picture with her and everything? Did you? Yeah, she did. Jen was very No, good. we did a picture. Poor Good. Maureen, standing there like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> and also, Maureen's looking at me, looking at the woman, looking at me, thinking, oh, my God, if you spent as much time as I do with Jen... <laughs> I mean, look, absolutely, as you said, Maureen, you would be crying, but for very different reasons. Um, no, I, it, it, it was um, it was very, very sweet, sweet of her to come to the show, and I hope she enjoyed it, if, if she's listening. Um, uh, the Let's just go back to the cafe, because I feel like I've been painted in quite a... Oh, no, Realistic I know exactly life. what that cafe would be like. I know why you walked out. <laughs> because I, I, I do I do need to I do need to say, like, firstly, Maureen was owed. Uh, it was it was it was absolutely Maureen's turn to eat somewhere she wanted to eat. And I and I would like to acknowledge that on the podcast. And I'd like to say Maureen's choice. I should I should have gone with Maureen. I understand that. OK. Um, and in my defence, I would also like to say there has never been a cafe that Maureen's taken me to that I have not gone into and eaten at, ever. This is the very first time. In my defence, OK, I was feeling quite, like, low, very tired, and I was really looking forward to a certain ambience um, that, that would have allowed me to relax. Um, we'd been wandering around and travelling because we didn't have a hotel that night because we were leaving to go back, and I already knew I was going to have, like, a three-and-a-half-hour train journey back at, like... 10 o'clock in the night. So I just wanted, I wanted a certain something. I can't, I can't quite put my finger on it, Alison, but I feel like I don't need to explain this to you, okay? In fact, I probably don't really need to explain it to anyone. But here we go, because I think Maureen, because I, I don't want, I didn't, because I, I genuinely didn't want to upset Maureen. That was, I, I, I didn't want yeah. to do that. But we walked into this cafe. Bless Maureen's heart. She was so excited. You should have seen her, giddy. I found it, Jen. This is it. I looked outside. Here's where the snobby stuff begins. Two people outside. None of none of them have teeth. I'm like, okay, fine. Let's that, let's cool. let's just. Yeah. If that's okay, that's absolutely fine. Not not everyone does have teeth, and 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 we shouldn't. They shouldn't be judged on that. We go inside. I'm feeling the anxiety is rising. There's food on the floor. The tables aren't clean. I was like, okay, okay. This this is fine. This is fine. I'm looking around. It's very bright. There's really insanely super bright kind of halogen you know strip lighting at the top the waitresses are about 12 i feel like their their level of cleanliness oh, and my level of child cleanliness, labor they're child not, labor yeah they're not we're not meeting in any sort of re, you know reasonable way or meaningful way i should say um and i felt no i can't um sit here there's nothing here for me um 
Maureen turned to me and said, they do a really good shepherd's pie. And I went, OK, I've got to go. I'm so sorry. <laughs> if if the one thing Maureen's got to sell it to me is that they do a really good shepherd's pie, that's not enough. And I said, Maureen, you stay, because I can see that you want to stay and eat here. And I will go. And I did. And I ate, I went to the Giggling Squid in Leicester and had a prawn uh, stir fry with a bottle of uh, non-alcoholic beer and some dumplings to start. And may Very I say... Very strong coffee. May I say that the ambiance was uh, exactly what I wanted. What you needed. <laughs> what you needed. Yeah. <coughs> As was the food. Oh, we had, we had fun at the train station because we thought we were going to have a... that the show was going to close just before we'd get the train. In fact, it didn't. Uh, we had time, so we ended up having a bit of a drink because we had more time than we thought. Then we got, we were way on the platform. We about the train was coming about in three, four minutes time. So I said to Jen, "Oh, where are we sitting?" She looks at my seat. She goes, "Oh, you're you're here." And then she looked at her ticket and went, "Oh, I've got to pick up my tickets." So the train's coming in about three or four minutes time. She had to run back up the stairs. I'm panicking because you know I'm I'm yeah. a real wuss. But it was fine. It was absolutely fine. It was fine. Maureen was very stressed about it, and I wasn't, yes. and that yeah, stressed wasn't. Maureen out more. Yeah, because um, I was like, "What if she doesn't come back in time?" Which yeah, she did. I did. I, and also, I said to Maureen, if there was if there was a chance that I wasn't going to come back in time, um, uh, or I was going to miss the train, I just would have blagged it on the train and said I didn't. I didn't realize I had to collect my ticket or something. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I would have blagged yeah. it. It would have been fine, but it it did cause Maureen some undue stress, didn't it? Yes, I got very stressed. It's like, what am I going to do? Her face when I turned up, it's like, where are you? <laughs> anyway, we got on the train. Listen, what's happening here is that there was a lot of um, high drama in Maureen's head and absolutely zero in mine um, because it was fine. <laughs> uh, and also, I don't know if you've ever had this, Alison. So I tried out new material on a Tuesday at the Vauxhall uh, Comedy Club. Ripped it, and I'm like, oh, my God, I've got 10 minutes, and now I've got 10 minutes I can just slot in. Yeah. And then I did it at Top Secret the next day, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. not, Top Secret's usually the gig where, you you know, they laugh. They're, they're really easy laughers. And I was like, oh. and the, But then I got, I got this thing where they it didn't really go that well, but then I got a massive round of applause. Perhaps it was just pleased to see me go. But the, like it did, the, the <laughs> chewing at the end, like, oh, she's off. The chewing at the end didn't really go with... What, how they were reacting during the performance, if that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? Have you ever had that where you're like, yeah. you're reacting a lot better than I would have thought? Do you know what I mean? It was weird. Have you ever had that? Like you tried material, it looks like it's solid, and then you try it again, and you're like, oh, maybe not. Yeah, but you know what? I always think um, sometimes the first time you say something, sometimes there's a magic with it, right? Yeah, there's that's a, true. There's a thing. There's a, in the moment, and the audience feels it. And then when you go to do that again, you're like, this this joke has got it. And you, you you say it with this like confidence, and then the audience just goes, no, 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 no. We're not feeling the magic moment that the other people felt. So it is. Don't abandon it though, Maureen. A few more times, you'll find the comfort level with it. It'll be there. But... I know, I know. Great. Well, we've all had a week. Um, fantastic. And now it's time to uh, what are we doing oh yeah it's Maureen isn't it of course it's Maureen again and it's time to find out what her be need moment is I'd managed to block myself as a spam sender <laughs> I chose my own number and my own contact to block <laughs> oh my god Maureen I don't I'm, I mean I understand but I don't understand I've got to shut this down now I've got to shut it down 
Well, Alison, this is from a few weeks back and it includes the Brister. Um, we were going on a train to Edinburgh. And mm -hmm. uh, obviously, as middle-aged women, our eyesight leaves a little bit to be desired. Jen can't read without her glasses. She gave it to me. I can't really read without putting reading glasses above my lenses. So I looked at the ticket and I said, and I could make out the, t the seats and the coach. I was, oh, it's E, I think, E41 and E43 or something. So we get into the we get into the carriage and this woman's sitting in my seat. And I'm like, you're sitting in my seat. She said, no, no, this is my seat. And she showed, I said, well, no, no, I think you'll find it's my seat. Anyway, she shows me a ticket. Oh, here we go. She's got, the same, she's got the same ticket. And Jen's, Jen's like, well, they have cancelled a previous train. So what they've probably done is they've just, you know, doubled up on the reservations and everything. She's just sit next to me morning. So I sit next to her and the woman then decides, look, I'll just go. She, she buggers off and goes somewhere else. So I get to sit in my seat. And then about an hour into the journey, we realised that the reservations I was looking for at was for the next train, not for that train. And in fact, we're in the wrong carriage completely. Sorry. We're in the wrong carriage and we're in the wrong seat and uh, probably the wrong train. Um... <laughs> so, yeah. So, but, we just uh... come up to a poor woman sitting in her seat uh, on the correct seat, excuse on the correct me. carriage, going, Excuse me, you're, you're sitting in the wrong seat. I don't even think I said excuse me, I meant you're in my seat. Anyway, she wasn't in my seat. Do you know what? I did it once in France. I used to do Café Théâtre when I lived in Paris and we did a tour of the Cévennes, which is in the south of France. And we were getting a couchette, which is like a, a like a sleeper carriage on French trains. And I did the same thing. These people were in, I thought, in my couchette, uh, in my bed. And I was like, sorry, you're in my bed. You know, this is my, and I showed them my ticket. And they were, I was so convincing. They actually got out the train. And it turned out we were in the wrong carriage. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's, well, yeah. It's, it's, if you're going to argue, it's, yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah. yeah. If you, I mean, go for it, Alison. Sorry. No, I was going to say if, if Maureen came at me and uh, I didn't know her and uh, she was like, you're in my seat. I've seen that side of Maureen. I've seen the determined side. And uh, I, I would have just left as well. I would have been like, no, this is no. not worth whatever is about to happen. You're very, you're very good at that, Maureen. When you, yeah, when you yeah, put that I, I on. It's yeah. not quite like. English people tend to go, oh, I'm really sorry. I just go, you're in my seat. Like, it's a statement. It's not yeah, a question. Yeah. yeah. I almost and love it because I'm like, woo, look at that power. Yeah. Exactly. Nine times out of ten, um, they are in their own seats. And, uh, <laughs> uh, Do what, a friend, they fucking move. They fucking a friend move. Knows that. I went to, I went to, we had a meal in a restaurant and they put olives on the bill. We had to have olives. And I just went, we didn't have olives. And my, the friend was laughing because he goes, there was clearly like, there was no subtext. It was like, that is coming off the bill. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It wasn't, well, I think you've made a mistake. Went, we didn't have olives. Yeah. <laughs> was it? And the guy went and changed the bill. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if anyone's not having olives, it's Maureen. <laughs> if there'd been a side of mashed potato, sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, that's definitely. That could have been me. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know like you know what it's like when you have like, you, you, you get your drink, um, Alison. And they say, would you like uh, some olives? And you go, what with my gin and tonic? And they go, you go, yeah, yeah. You go, oh, absolutely. Yeah, bring the olives. Maureen's like, just a side of mash, actually, with my with my Baileys. Uh, and that's what Maureen has. <laughs> That'd be fine. <laughs> a little teaspoon. Yeah. Or just your finger, actually. You could just do it with your finger and just scoop yeah. it out. In it goes. Um, well, Maureen, thank you for your Be More Maureen moment. Um, it does um, actually makes... Uh, <laughs> just as reminded me when we were... Um, getting one of our many connecting trains because everything is connecting 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 and uh it's been a bit of a it's been a bit of a trial so we're getting a connecting train from Birmingham I think to Leicester on the yeah. weekend and um 
There's no, there's, it's, it's a free-for-all, so there's no, you'll be pleased to hear, Alison, we didn't ask anyone to move out their seats because we had the wrong seats. <laughs> anyway, um, I, for whatever reason, didn't get up immediately when the train arrived at the station, but Maureen gets straight up. She's like, right, let's get to, let's get to the front of the, um, let's get to the door so we can get on early. Let's not muck about, okay? So Maureen is like power walking down. She's following the train. She's not pissing about. She's got her bags by her sides. She's got her elbows out. She's not, <laughs> everybody keep away. Like, you know, like her elbows are at a right angle, her bags yeah. are in front of her. She's like, bah, 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 bah. She's getting to the front. I'm watching her. I'm like, I'm I'm carrying my bags going, flipping heck. I've never seen Maureen move so quickly. She's moving at speed. She's like a shark. Just keep moving forward, forward, forward. The door's open. There's like three or four people in front of her. Forget it. She's ba-bam, one the slot out. So ba-bam, the next slot out. She's into the she's into the train. She's turning left. She's onto the seat. She's bagged two seats. The people that she's crashed into are a family with three children. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Get out of my fucking way, she said. Yep. She gets I did in. Not say I, that. Well, no, but the body language did. Your body said it. Maureen yeah. has bags yeah. to see. I see with the table facing the right way, which Jen likes. Jen, Jen doesn't I like don't. driving the wrong way. I see a grandmother with her three children approach Maureen and say, can we have the seat? No says boring this is my seat for my friend no she asked for there your was... friend's your seat I went, no, yeah. that's my friend's seat. no 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 and there was a bit of me maureen just went no that's my friend's seat and i just thought oh my god that is what friendship is that is what friendship is alison is piling onto a train yeah getting a seat and turning down a grandmother and her three grandkids and i thought that is they could all sit on it could they no, to be fair, there's absolutely no way they could have all sat on it. And to be, and to be fair, they, they didn't even want the seat after it was offered to them. And there were two seats opposite and they only took one of them. Yeah, they didn't so want it anyway. They seat spare. But in that moment, I was like, there's not many people that would do that for me. But Maureen did. And I felt a little flush, a little, felt a little flush of warmth. Yeah, I made sure we sit in the right way because Jen doesn't. And also Maureen, she knows I don't like to sit backwards. She's if a good friend. You, see, there you go. That's someone you want with you. I, I like that you did that, Maureen. Yeah. Maureen will always have your back. Yeah. She'll drive you nuts by the time you sit down next to her. But up until that point, the woman has your back. And that's what I love about Maureen Younger. Maureen, thank you so much for your being women. As always, I'm very more although on this occasion I was with you, so I feel like it's actually brought my brand down a little bit. Um <laughs> if I had a brand, let's be honest. Jesus. Um thanks, Maureen. Anyway. As we always do at this point in the show, we've talked to someone with no common sense. And now we turn to a woman with all the common sense because it's time to uh, 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 ask Alison. Go to the gym, get it together, pay your taxes and stop eating chips. Take my advice. Take my advice. I ain't using it. Hey, I like that one. I don't know if I have common sense. I don't. I don't oh, think. please, Alison. Of course you do. Otherwise, why would you have this <laughs> section? <laughs> I create a good illusion. I create a good illusion. Uh, listen, at the start of this, I just want to say again, thank you so much to everyone that is sending in uh, stuff going on in their lives, sharing uh, your problems. I am so grateful. Please continue to do so. And I mean, you're sending them all different ways. Some 
message me, some email, however you get them to me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I am so grateful. Um, this one was a great one, and I'm going to read it out again because I, I did like the details of this one. Um, this uh, listener wrote in, essentially, I have a compulsive exercise problem. I feel obligated to do strenuous exercise for extended periods of time every day, regardless of illness or injury. Instead of incorporating it around my lifestyle, I schedule my day around compulsory exercise, and I take it to the point of pain. It's definitely disordered and ties into my relationship with food. Now, obviously, this isn't a quick fix, and it's something Alison, that I have was to me. Work- I, I sent that in. I figured it was, Maureen. <laughs> I know your your compulsive exercise problems. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, <laughs> so this, this this listener, aka Maureen, uh, obviously, uh, it is something I have to work on myself, which is precisely what I've started doing. But I'm scared shitless. I'm going cold turkey on the weights, and I was hoping you'd have some advice on how to push through the anxiety and discomfort I'll be feeling. That part of my problem, uh, I think, is universal, so maybe some other listeners will get something out of it, too. Thank you for your time. Thank you for writing in. And I just want to say that by even identifying this and addressing it in your life right now, holy cow, have you made a big step, okay? By even addressing the fact that you're like, look— I think this this uh, does, this need to exercise is overtaking my life. And I just want to say, good job. You are already on the road to recovery by acknowledging this and knowing that it is affecting your life. And I think there are a lot of people out there. And this is actually called anorexia athletica. So it is. It is tied into a little bit of a... a an eating thing, you know, obviously counting calories, exercising, the desire for exercise. But you know what? Some people just get even addicted to the feeling of exercise, the endorphins. A lot of, not that I'm saying you are an addict, but there are a lot of people who have gone through like uh, addiction problems that when they trade off to exercise, exercise actually then becomes like a, a trade-off problem. So there's there's a whole bunch of different reasons why people get in into this zone. But the actual definition is anorexia. Uh, anorexia athletica. Uh, the first thing I want to say to you is, again, I'm so grateful that you have written into us that we are talking about this and sharing this in the world. But with things like this, the most effective thing you can do to, for yourself is to find a therapist and be chatting about this, someone who specializes in this sort of thing, because everyone's journey in this is different and it is really tricky and we all need to find the ways to do it. So I want to encourage everyone a professional to speak to about this sort of thing, always the number one best way to go. However, we are so grateful. I am so grateful that you, you've you know shared this with me. So here are some things that I read about. Here are some suggestions. So um, a person who's struggling with this, basically I think what this is is also a stress thing. So you're needing to learn how to balance between exercised eating and stress management. Stress management is a lot of why people exercise, okay? It does release. It makes you feel a bit more relaxed. So sometimes I want you to realize that maybe there are other ways in dealing with stress that we should be looking for, okay? It's not always just exercise. So that's a big thing. Um, I want you to remember that more exercise isn't always healthier. And sometimes the healthiest choice for your body and mind is rest, Okay, your body needs to rest. If you're working out every day, you're actually probably doing yourself more damage. Uh, You're not allowing your body to process everything. 
And uh, if this is if this is a relationship with food, I just want you to realize. Side note: you actually aren't burning more calories or doing your body any favors if you're pushing your body po- past the point. You need to have some rest days. That is really important. Um, and also, sometimes when you're doing it to relax and to reduce that stress, when you overwork your body, you are actually going to be putting more stress in your body and in your mind. So it's actually doing the reverse. Okay? So I want you to remember that. So we really want to focus on some other stress relievers. Okay? This is something to be thinking about. Um, some things that I want you to do is surround yourself with some pro-recovery body positive content and work to eliminate any fitspo. Now, what is fitspo? This is fitspiration. If you look on, uh, on, on Instagram, if you look on right now, we are overwhelmed with people who are like, you know, uh, trainers or, or, you know, uh, get into there's There's so much pressure right now for this fitspiration. Everyone's like getting fit, doing this. You can't, you can't scroll. What I want you to do is on your Instagram, on your feeds, I want you to seek out some other, in, uh, other inspiring things, maybe some meditation, maybe, uh, some, uh, just get some puppies. Get, start looking at puppies, soft, cuddly things. I want you to find some other things that will start coming up on your feeds because probably what you've been doing is looking into all these exercises. So your feeds and all that social media coming at you is nothing but fitness. So start to change your own algorithms in life. I want you to do that. I want you to surround yourself with some other things that are coming at you all the time. I want you to notice the stories that you're telling yourself around exercise. Okay, so when you think about exercise, what is that fueling desire? Is it the worry that, I'm, I, am I going to get fat? Do I, do I feel like my body's, am I lazy if I don't exercise? What stories are you telling yourself, right? What is the narrative going through? Your, am I a bad person if I don't work out? What is it that's in your head that is fueling this desire to work out, okay? Once you identify the function of your compulsive exercise, it makes it a little bit easier to, to process how to, how to do this in a more healthier way. So one good exercise is to make a pro and con list, all right? You know I'm all about the journaling, so now we're going to go into the writing. A list of, like, if I continue to exercise like this, what are some bad things that might happen? What would be the pros of if I took a step back? I literally need you to force yourself to write down what are the negative things about continuing to exercise like this and what would be the good things that would come out of my life. I'll have more time. Uh, my life isn't just, you know, uh, focused on getting to the gym. You are probably missing out on so many things in your life because your constant thought is getting to the gym. I need to fit in that exercise you're missing out on the moments around you because all you're worrying about is getting to that exercise. So this thing that started off as a stress reliever is now going to become your main stress source. So I really want you to think about that. Keep a journal and log about the times when you start to experience that urge to exercise and figure out if you can find a trigger point. Every time you start to panic about, oh, I can't get to the gym, I can't, I want you to stop and go, what has just been happening in my life in the last few hours? Is there something else that is triggering that desire to exercise? Again, it is identifying those points. What is it that is driving you that will help you to find, okay, this is maybe where I need to start to shift some things in my life. 
in regards to the actual exercising process, a real gentle way of doing this, because I said I saw you said here, cold turkey, I'm going off the weights. Hey, whatever works, but sometimes cold turkey is hard for people. What about slowly challenging yourself every time? I'm going to shave off 10 minutes of my exercise routine. I'm going to make it a gentler thing. Instead of this intense thing, maybe I'm just going to do some stretching today. I want you to look at ways that you can like dial it back because I don't want you to, to start punishing yourself then about exercising because then again, this is, a pro- this is the cycle in our heads. So maybe think about let's gently start scaling back, right? I, I exercise five times a week. I'm going to do it four times a week this week. I'm, I'm going to give myself a day of rest, all right? A gentle. If cold turkey is your way to go, that's great. But some people, I think that is a very hard thing. And I don't want you to think you're failing if you can't do that, okay? So that is another thing I want you to put in there. Um, I want you to focus on when you're breaking your exercise rules about having to get there, having to do this, uh, you may feel some discomfort or distress but it's important to remind yourself that this is only temporary. This is a process. So if you're feeling so panicked or so upset because you didn't go to the gym, I want you to know this too shall pass. But this is a process. This is one day at a time. And addressing that feeling and that uncomfortable feeling, you're doing yourself some good. This is a good thing that you're doing for yourself. Um, If you're realizing that exercise is taking over your life, I want you to consider these following questions. This might be something else that you want to think about and write about in your journal. How would you like to feel about about your rest days? If if you weren't exercising so much, how, how would you like to feel? How do you want to feel about your relationship with exercise? How would you like to be feeling physically and mentally generally in your life? Uh, what would be the very first step in the direction? What, what is a, a step that you think you could put into place? Again, this is about finding specifics for every individual. There is no path to recovery that is just the same for everyone. So again, it's really getting into what is it for you? Uh, the bottom line, I want you to remember this, is that now this, is, this is so grim, but at the same time, I really love this idea. At the end of your life, your obituary isn't going to read, she had a six-pack. Your obituary is going to talk about your life, your relationships, the things that you did in this earth. These are the important things to remember. Not that you had a great set of calves. Great, you had a great set of calves. That's fine. Nobody remembers that. What they remember is you and their relationships with you and the things that they loved about being with you. And that is also what I want you to focus on. Remembering all these things, these people in your lives, these things that you love to do, the books that you love to read, the movies that you saw, uh, walking around, the smells. Life is more than just the gym. So remember that you are slowly beginning the process of feeling your whole life again. Um, I also wanted to read a few things, some quotes from people that had also gone through this struggle. And I just want you to listen to the words that they said. These are people who have like been working on this for a few years. Okay. Okay. So this is one that I loved. After about four weeks of discovering new ways to cope with stress, some worked, some did not. I had a pivotal light bulb moment. Nothing bad happened to me after that four weeks. Nothing bad happened to me. Okay. Nothing bad is going to happen to you with you beginning this process of dialing back and finding a good relationship. I went out with my friends. 
and I tried new restaurants. And I spent more time with my fiancé because I didn't have to rush to go to the gym uh, right after work or first thing on Saturday morning. I was a prisoner in my life, and I didn't even realize it. Okay? This is someone who's gone through the process. Giving up exercise to gain back my life is the best thing that I have ever done for recovery. These are people who have gone through the process. So I just wanted you to also hear some inspirational words from these people who are finding this place. Um, There is a website that I found, if anyone is interested, www.beateatingdisorders.org.uk. And there's a lot of information of support groups and other people that are going through this process. Um, So I just wanted to put that out there as a reference. Um, But again, I just want to praise you for beginning this process. And thank you for sharing it. And thank you for wanting to share it so other people can hear this as well. Because this is something that people are struggling with. That is all the advice that I can give today. Brilliant. Brilliant advice, Alison. Yeah, that was really detailed. And that's given a lot of, um, I'm sure that's a lot of food for thought for the person who's written in. Um, I can't imagine uh, what that must be like and it must be very um, stressful and, um, you know, to feel consumed or to feel constrained by that urge to to exercise and if you don't exercise that makes you a bad person or, or, or something bad yeah. is going to happen if you don't do it because, you know, your body needs it. To a degree, if you're exercising like that all the time, I think your body expects the exercise. And I think that's no bad thing because exercise, let's not forget, is a positive thing. But yes. when it becomes a compulsion, then that's when it uh, becomes unhealthy. And you're yeah. absolutely right, Alison, what you were saying about what your body can cope with. And it, it actually can't cope with that amount of exercise. You're not yeah. supposed to be exercising that much. And certainly with weights, and I imagine it is with cardio as well, you have to rest your muscles Anyone who mm-hmm. does um, weights regularly know that you don't um, you don't do weights in the same set of muscles like two days in a row. So you might work one set and then the next day, if you're to do weights, you don't do those sets again because yeah. you have to. Because what you're doing with weights is you're tearing muscle, and then as the muscle heals, uh, it it will create like that sort of bulkiness that people like. Um, but if you are doing that set of exercises in the same muscle every day then all you're doing is tearing it tearing it tearing it and you're not allowing it to heal so yeah. um it's not good but but that aside the physical um ramifications also you're absolutely right Alison you're you're not in the present you're not living your life you're not forming yep. memories you're not having experiences you're not you know you're not living you're existing to to exercise and that's that's no fun and that's no way to live so i hope no. you know it's great advice, Alison. I hope, I hope whoever you are, I hope this has been of use to you. Um, but I do think also you're absolutely right, Alison. The the only way to get through stuff like this is regular therapy, isn't it? Yeah, one hundred percent. And again, I'm so grateful that you wrote it to me and that I can, you know, share some some things that I I read and I look and, you know, but uh, but therapy because I mean I think the bottom line is what you've done is is your brain is relying on this these these chemicals that are being released when you're working out, and so we're really trying to find other ways 
to create those positive releases in your brain other than just the exercise. That's all that it is, you know. So often it is we're seeking something else through these, you know, exercises. What is it? It's probably not the problem. It is the result of the problem. So, you know, talking to somebody and getting some some true therapy will help you figure out, like, where is this coming from? But the trigger points, I mean, these are just a beginning of, of looking into that sort of thing. So, but again, I'm just so grateful. And good for you for saying it out loud. That's the other thing, too. I think by people even just writing in, it's an identifying and a being honest with yourself about this is something I'm struggling with. And it takes a lot of strength to do that. So we're all very grateful. Yeah. 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 Brilliant advice. Thank you, Alison. Maureen, have you, have you got anything no, to add? It's not something no. I've ever had really have a problem with. No, but I, I think <laughs> you can you can find things. There are things, aren't there, that we do that, that we like you like to pull the door in in yeah. bats of four. I mean, th- th- what I'm saying is that th- these are compulsive things. And if somebody said to you, why do you do that? You'd be like, well, I have to do it. And, and, and I imagine that's the same with the exercise, is that there are things that we do because they give us a sense of control because there are so many mm-hmm. aspects of our life yes. that are out of control. Yes. That we can't yeah. control this. I can't control if I get a promotion. I can't control whether or not that per- how that person feels about me. I can't control the weather. But I can control this and so I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to be on a diet and I'm going to exercise all the time because those are the those are the parts of my life that I can now feel like I'm guiding and I'm in the driver's seat for but actually if you take it to the extreme it can become you know dysfunctional and 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 unhealthy great Alison, brilliant advice. Thank you very much. Listen, if you have a problem that no one else can help, maybe you can call the A-team. Yes, that is Alison. <laughs> and you can contact us on uh, womentalkingbollocks at gmail.com and put your, um, uh, pose, your, pose your problem to Alison. And for heaven's sake, she'll blink and we'll help you, she will. you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast. Thank you. 
surprised that you're here. I've just woken up. And yet she still has applied mascara and lipstick. I just want to point It's called out. being professional, Alison. <laughs> <laughs> So let's uh, let's find out what things we have been seeing and feeling and touching and forming and ingesting. Well, my suggestion is actually on YouTube. It's not on TV. It's a, a series called Unnatural Causes. This one is Lost Property from 1986. Stars Miranda Richardson, who's very good at playing women who are a bit on the edge, shall we say. And John Duttine, who I was, a, I was a big fan of when I was young in the eighties, and it's set. It, it's a it, it's a very slow burner. I'm not sure we would make it now. It's very slow, very creepy ending. I mean, I was like ah, at the end, but it's about uh, Miranda Richardson plays this woman who's 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 a seems a bit crazy. She's bought a school in the middle of nowhere, and she pretends that school is open. There's no children. They're not liked by the, the surrounding area because they got rid of the, the, the old women who were in charge of the school. John Dutton plays her husband. They're sleeping in separate rooms. She's not. They don't, obviously don't have a sex life. And he's kind of threatening to leave because when this very cold school in the middle of nowhere where she, you know, she collects water samples for a biology class that doesn't exist. And then suddenly this girl appears and goes, I don't want somebody sitting in my seat. And like, is this girl really... Does she really exist? Is it, is it her husband never sees her. Ooh. And the axe goes missing. And then they can hear somebody chopping it with an axe at night. And then the last last minute or two is just like, bloody hell. Because you're not sure, like, is she trying to kill him? Is he trying to kill her? What's exactly going on? And then the last couple of minutes, like, blinking heck. It's a very slow burner. But Miranda Richardson is great. Is this kind of on-the-edge woman. John Duttine is great as well. Um, so, yeah, you can see Unnatural Causes was a series, and it's called this one in particular is called Lost Property from 1986. Wow, that is going back in time. Mm. Um, yeah, that sounds really interesting. That yeah. sounds great, Lauren. Yeah. I mean, Something two great to check actors. Out. What more could you want? I don't know. Netflix or something, maybe. Um <laughs> Oh, yeah, but you just scan through it. All I'm day, joking, you know? Boyne. It's great. It's on It's on YouTube and you can catch it. Uh, and, it and it's called, what's it called again? It's called, um, it's from a series called Unnatural Causes. And this episode is Lost Property. Lost Property. Great. Wow. That's, it's always good to be able to catch something that you can't see anywhere else on YouTube. Is it, is it, what's it, what's the quality like of the upload? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, great. Brilliant. That, sound, that sounds uh, uh, spooky as well. We've just had Halloween, haven't we? So that's, uh, that, sounds yeah. like a nice, that's, that sounds like it's right up your street, Alison, actually. I know. Creepy, I was like, spooky. I am actually interested in that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Sounds good. Um, I have been, um, I haven't really been watching that, that much because I have been away. So I, I don't really tend to watch anything when I'm away particularly. But saying that, I've, I've sort of been half watching a, a show on Amazon Prime called Eleven Twenty Two Sixty Three, which is um, it's a I think it's a I think it's a mini series. It's it's I guess it's sort of science fiction because it's um, it's based on a, a on the novel by Stephen King, and it's um, about a, a time traveler tra time traveler who attempts to stop the assassination of John F Kennedy. That's why it's called Eleven Twenty Two Sixty Three because that's the date of Kennedy's assassination, and it stars James Franco and. It is, um, he, he, uh, a friend of his reveals that there is this portal where you, if you walk through it, you go back to, um, you go back to this date. But if you come back, yeah, 
and if, when, when you, if you, if you ever go back in again, anything that you do in that time period in the past um, is goes back to zero, if, if that makes sense. So okay, it, yeah. Uh, so it re it resets. It resets. So you've got to stay past. there to change it. Yes, so you have to sort of stay there. Or if you go back, you can't go back in again, if that makes sense. Anyway, the whole point is he, this guy's been trying for such a long time to um, to stop the assassination of, of John F. Kennedy. He, but, but the past, time, doesn't want time to change. So time will do anything it can to stop you from changing time. So in the end, this man who's been trying to go back so many times, he eventually gets cancer because time is like your time's up and dies and before he dies he says to James Franco go through that door I want you to see something he goes in he sees that it goes back to time he's like what the actual fuck is that and he says right now you must go and save John F Kennedy and he's like well even if I do you don't know how that's going to change history you don't know if it's going to change history for the better and he's like oh I can't even remember what he said but apparently do it anyway for whatever reason, he's like, you've got two years. You've got to be there for two years. And, and two years in our time is like 20 minutes. So if he comes back, he'll, he'll have gone for two years, but only 20 minutes will have passed. Oh, in I our see. Time. OK. Or yeah. two minutes or something. It's something crazy. Not even 20. It's something crazy. So he gives him all this information. He tells him what to do. He tells him how to do it. And he goes. And so he lives in that time for two years. Of course, he falls in love with a woman. And that obviously changes everything because now he's in love with this woman um, and he gets involved. Uh, he makes a friend of this young man who um, ends up helping him to save John F. Kennedy, who, who discovers that he really is from the future. And then that's the that's the story. And then we see whether or not and it's and James Franco is the star. Now, I know lots of people have mixed feelings about James Franco because I think some weird stuff came up about him being a bit of a sexy predator. But um uh, I I don't know anything about that, but the the, the program itself is is okay. I'm, I don't love it, but it's 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 definitely very watchable. It's got enough drama in it, and certainly the the attention to detail of the time is is quite spot on. Like I suppose if you're if you're into that sort of thing, like the costumes and all of the gear is is, <laughs> and also because he's a man from the 21st century talking to people, <laughs> you know, like their attitudes towards race and women are very different um, to that, to ours. So a lot of the time he's like, wait, what? What the hell are you talking about? Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it is it is good. And and it got, the reason why I started watching is because it got really, really great reviews. Um, so I'm on, I think, episode four of eight. So I'm halfway through. So I should know if I like it or not. But it I, I, I sort of can recommend it, but I think it's one of those shows because I've watched it like four episodes over about, I don't know, six weeks. I'm kind of not really into it. But if you watched it, I think if you binged it a bit, you'd probably... Sometimes I think you need to binge things to get into it or at least watch them regularly. Yeah. Otherwise, it's a bit like when you pick up a book and then you put it down and then you don't pick it, pick it up for a couple of weeks. You're like, what happened? Because you who? forget what's happened, yeah. Yeah. I found yeah. that a bit with this. I kept forgetting what was going on. But... Yeah, so that's what I've been watching. And one last thing, and then I will hand over to you, Alison, is um, a, a listener got in contact to, to remind me that uh, there was a new Danny Robbins podcast which has started, and it's called The Witch Farm. It's a new mystery, um, a new um, haunted mystery um, that's set in Wales um, in, a, in a, an old um, 
sort of manor house outside of, or farmhouse outside of Brecon in, in West Wales. And it's suitably spooky and very, very fun to listen to. I think there's three episodes up. Um, if you fancy that and it's called The Witch Farm and you can find it wherever you get your podcasts from BBC Sounds. So Witch Farm, all right. Yes. It's great. It's really spooky, Alison. It's really, okay. really spooky. Yeah. Awesome. Don't, I've been looking don't for listen something to, to it listen late to. At night. Yeah. <laughs> You'll love it. I'm so excited. Oh, that's great. That's great. Uh, which makes it a, a great transition. Great transition into now my horror recommendations. Look, I thought this was an interesting fact I wanted to point out as well to our person who wrote in with a problem. Did you know that by watching horror movies, uh, you burn calories? Should I know it's unhealthy. Yeah, enough, but This might be a good distraction. It, because you're like, huh, 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 the jumping, you literally can burn more calories in a really scary movie than going for a walk sometimes. That is, which I thought was interesting. So get a gym membership or just delve into some of the shit I recommend everyone. <laughs> so I thought, okay, well, there's a lot. Of, I, at first I was like, okay, horror movies, exercise. Uh, and my, in my head I was like, any, any horror movie where there's fast-moving zombies, uh, so uh, World War Z, uh, some people may not oh, classify I've that, as, that. A, as a horror, but I loved it. All right. World War Z, because the zombies move so fast. So I was like, oh, yeah, fast moving zombies. Um, but then I started to think, well, what what horror movies are there about exercise out there? And so, look, I have not watched some of these, but here's a list of some movies <laughs> that will make you want to cancel your gym membership. Here we go. All right. So the first one I came up with, Final Destination 5. Uh, there's a gymnastic what? scene in there that go yeah final destination five there is there's, a scene there's in there there's a final that... destination there's a fifth final destination I didn't yes, know there that is, Jen. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that there was a second oh, one yeah. actually I've only watched one yeah also there's a great exercise one in final destination three uh, these are scenes that'll make you go I don't know about the gym <laughs> 1989 a movie I've not seen this I'm gonna look it up the death spa. Uh, apparently what happens is there's a gym and the guy is married to a woman and she dies and her ghost possesses the equipment. I'm just saying. I mean, that sounds like a winner to me. Uh, Death Spa. Another one that I saw uh, was called, where is it? Oh, yeah. This is one of my favorites. Nightmare on Elm Street. Dream Master, number four. I brought that up before. There's an exercise sequence in that that'll make you want to take a break from the gym. 1987, uh, a movie called Killer Workout. This is great. It's like, so in the 80s, there was this whole surge yeah. of fitness horror movies. Aerobics. That yeah. Are, yeah, yeah, aerobic. It was trash, but it's fantastic. So Killer Workout looks good. Uh, the other one, yeah, there's Death Spa, Killer Workout. Those are the two that look like prime. If you like any sort of bad, like 80s sort of horror movies, I myself am going to find these. I don't know where we can get them, but they've got uh, probably YouTube. My guess would be YouTube. They're out there. Or probably. Amazon Prime. Isn't everything yeah. on Amazon Prime horror-wise? Yeah. So, yeah, Killer Workout, Death Spa. I think Killer Workout was really like a spoof on Jane Fonda, the Jane Fonda aerobic work. Yeah. That was massive, massive yeah. in the 80s. Peak aerobic. Um, because people were going to the gym before, but it wasn't really for women and it wasn't really seen as trendy or cool. Um, and then she put on a leotard and started bancing about, and everyone went, yeah. Yeah, she changed it. Jane Fonda was she the one that turned around. So, she did change so it. So Killer Workout and Death Spa look like two that are really, 
<laughs> about that time. So I just want to recommend a few. I, I can't say I, I haven't seen them. I'm going to watch them. If you're listening and you do see them, let me know. Or if you have seen them, write in. Let me know what you thought of them. Uh, which right. one is better? Killer workout or death spa? Let me know. Where do I start? Yeah. Oh, my God. If anyone, seriously, if anyone watches those, please do tell us what you think. I mean, I'm, I'm not even joking. I would actually genuinely like to know what you think about those. Yes. Because they sound appalling. Um, <laughs> I, 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 so, I, I, Alison would probably like them. <laughs> yeah. But, but do they sound so bad that I think they'd be less scary and more funny. Do you think? That's exactly. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for, give me, give me the track. Like Microwave Massacre, which I've talked about in the past. One of the... Most ridiculous horror movies I've ever seen in my life. And that is why I love it a little bit. Yeah, yeah I, I think there's something to be said for, for watching um, a little bit of trash, definitely, especially now. Yeah. We, we all need whatever, whatever your trash is. And I know we all have a different idea of it, but whatever it is, watch it. Have a distraction. God almighty, we need to be distracted from what the, whatever the hell is actually going on in, uh, in the world. Um, Alison, thanks very much for those um, unique. And I say that... Uh, <laughs> Knowing that they are, yeah, 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 yeah. U- unique suggestions of horror films. Yeah. Oh, okay, Maureen, we've got to go over to your corner, which is always, always cultured. Of course, it's the corner time that is often cultural, but sometimes just batshit. <laughs> I see. I didn't add anything to that this time. No, there's no mushrooms or, or cottage cheese. You couldn't resist. Anyway, because um, we've got well, depending if you're listening to this in six months later, it won't make sense. But we've got Armistice Day coming up soon, so I thought in the run up to that, we do some war movies. Wait, wait, wait. What day? Armistice. Day. Armistice. Remember, it's Sunday. Remembering oh, okay. the, the you will you will the, have it in Canada as well. Armistice Day. You you you. Remembering you the dead, the men that died in men and women that died in the war, yeah, in any war, okay. all wars. So it's the day and that's that not Remembrance Day. The poppy, I feel the poppy. so stupid. Yeah, you know the Remembrance Day. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Well, yeah it's, it's basically it's it's around the eleventh of November, which is Armistice Day, which is the day that the First World War peace treaty was signed in nineteen. But is that separate from Remembrance Day? Well, no, they used to have Remembrance Sunday. They have it on a Sunday, so it's whatever day is near oh. the eleventh. But the actual day is November the eleventh. I, I didn't even know but, that there but was you, this. Okay. You, you, you have the, it on a Sunday, the kind of procession, procession and everything. So that coming up, I thought I'd do some war films. Um, the first one is actually set in the first war. It's Gallipoli. It's a great movie with Peter Weir. It does I've start, seen that. It's I've a seen brilliant that. movie. It's, Mel Gibson, who, <laughs> James Franco. So it? young in it. He's Yeah, he was gorgeous it, in it. He was so young in that That's film. That's one of his first films. It, became yeah. a, it was an Australian film, became a major, major international success. Totally recommend it. And Gallipoli, I think, I mean, if you're an Aussie or New Zealander, you could opine about this better than me. It, it's kind of seared in their soul. It was kind of like, I think it it made the Aussies and Kiwis realise that actually Britain couldn't give a shit about them. You know, it, it, it changed things forever. It's a footnote in British war history. It's a very big thing for Australians and New Zealanders because they were basically cannon fodder in this very, I think it was... Um, to start, it was it was Churchill's idea. They were just thrown on these, uh, you know, the, the the Turks were on the hills just shooting them with machine guns, and so they lost thousands of soldiers. But the, the film is great. It stars uh, 
uh, Mel Gibson, Mike, Mark Lee, they're two friends, they're runners, they become friends, they join the army, it's all very patriotic, they get sent over to Egypt at first. And for most of the film, it's actually very amusing, you know, you've got the Aussies' sense of humour, they're very laid back, it's very funny, and then the end of the movie just sucker punches you. It's a really great film. I would totally recommend it, it's, it's, it's brilliant. Um, next one, also came out the same year, Das Boot, or if you pronounce it the English way, Das Boot. Absolutely. Amazing. Outstanding. And also there is an edited version, which is, um, which they made into a, a, I think almost like a film mm. of it, but it, but it was yeah. originally a TV series or whatever. Mm. And it's, I think the TV series, correct me if I'm wrong, Maureen, is about, is it four or five hours long? I can't. And then can't the movie remember, is, is just under three. But if you get to see either, it's one of the best things you'll see. It have, is you, have you heard of it, Outstanding. Alison? I've heard of it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it, what is great is because it's obviously the, it's from the German perspective. They're all in a submarine. Um, the submarines, of course, were were, were very you know because Hitler's one of Hitler's plans was to starve the UK to death, and so it attacked all the convoy ships. In fact, my father's cousin was a merchant seaman who got killed. He got you know his ship got sank, um, and so a lot of Allied sailors, merchant sailors, and, and shipping was were decimated by the U-boats. But it, it's written directed by Wolfgang Peterson. Um, you see the submarine crew. It's obviously, crew, it's obviously very um, claustrophobic. There's there's tensions. So you've got the veterans who've been on who've been on on boats on these ships for, on these U-boats for years, and you've got the like the Nazi, you know, younger Nazi men, and it doesn't go down well. And again, at the at the end, you get sucker punch, and it just shows you how totally random war can be. But it's it's a very interesting because uh, you know all the moral dilemmas because they sink a, a British ship and um, or an Allied ship and then the sailors in the sea but they can't they can't help them they can't help them they've just got to sail away mm. you know and it's it's things like this it's um, the idea being that um, that I loved um, when you taught about war particularly as a child oh excuse me. Um, and it's like, oh, these people are bad and these people are good. And there's no sort of, you know, like, you know, when you hear about the First World War and there's that football match, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. Christmas. And they have that football well. Yeah, yeah. Is that? Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, there um, is. Um, so it's, it's, it's like that. So it's like, these are good, these are bad and everything, you know. But what you realise is that you've got these German men and they don't even really want to be at war. The captain of the U-boat hates the Nazis. He thinks yeah. the Nazis are arseholes. He hates the Gestapo and the SS. And they have a code of conduct that they believe that the um, Gestapo and the SS have, have undermined, which is that, 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 that men at war have a certain code of the way that they behave and um, adhere to, and that has been um, undermined by the, or compromised by the SS and the Nazis. And so you see them going, they don't really, it's not like they, they're shooting these ships and, and, and they don't give a shit. They're like, this is, they, they, they do, they're like, we should be able to, we should save these men, but we can't because, you know, that's what war is. And it, I found that really fascinating. And uh, it, it's it's just a, a a really sort of a human perspective on on war that you just I, I'd never seen before. That was the first time I'd seen it. And also, it's from the like from the Ger like from the German side because obviously, you know, after the first after the Second World War, uh, war films 
were very popular in Britain, I think, until the mid-50s, and they were always being played on TV when, when we were growing up. Um, another one which has just come out, which I want to watch on Netflix, uh, there's an original, I think, from the 1920s, All Quiet on the Western Front. The, the black and white film is a classic. It got banned by the Nazis, got banned by Hitler, and it's based on a book. I totally recommend this German author, Eric Maria Remarque. Um, and it's all about the First World War and how futile, you know, you've got all these lads who joined the First World War. They're very patriotic. They're really looking forward to it. And then, you know, it just shows you how their lives become as they die and get wounded on the on the First World War. And it was a, it's a great anti-war novel, which is why the Nazis didn't, weren't very big fans oh. of it. And there's a new, I haven't seen it yet. It looks very good. There's a new version come out on uh, Netflix at the moment. The other film, we're talking about war films, is The Desert Fox, which came out in 19... 19- 51 and it's about Rommel and it's weird because it's only six years after the end of the First World War and Second World War sorry and he's portrayed in a quite positive light which is quite something given that he was a you know major German general and Rommel has kind of been um you know it's now seen as like a, a good German uh he wasn't a Nazi you know and all this and there is a people I don't know there is um arguments that this film helped to create this myth that Rommel was actually an exception to the rule, that he wasn't a real Nazi, which is obviously fighting for his country and had to be patriotic. But it's a very good movie, and James uh, Mason plays Rommel, and he's he's brilliant in it. Um, and I have to say, Kurt Jurgens does a similar uh, thing about a, a, a Udet in The Je- uh, Devil's General. Uh, but if you can get that in English, I'm sure you can, with subtitles, but that's a German movie, and he's, he's, Kurt Jurgens is brilliant in that. Um, and then I thought for a bit of comedy... Uh, I think I've mentioned this film before, To Be or Not To Be, which is set uh, in Poland in Warsaw as the Nazis come in. And it's got Jack Benny and Carol Lombard and they play an acting troupe who get very annoyed. He gets very annoyed that his Hamlet is being postponed because the Nazis have marched into Warsaw. It's very, very funny. It didn't do well at the time. I think people thought it was in bad taste. But um, (laughs) it is. Jack Benny is brilliant. He plays this really middle-aged actor, must be in his 40s or 50s, who's still playing Hamlet really badly um, and it's 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 very it's very good uh parts of glory i've already mentioned which is a great film set in the first world war where uh, a french officer has to defend three soldiers who've been picked at random in a show trial they're going to be killed they're going to be shot to kind of because the the top brass are annoyed at the soldiers and think they're cowards so they're going to shoot these three as an example stanley kubrick movie brilliant if you want a bit of fun i would suggest the guns of navarone i don't know if you've seen with Gregory yeah, Peck that. and David Niven. It's a basically about a commando unit who've got to destroy a German battery, inaccessible German battery, uh, in order, a gun battery, in order to safeguard um, a convoy. And it's, it's basically an action, more an action thriller than anything else. And obviously, uh, in the similar line, The Great Escape, which I already mentioned, which is about a load of Allied prisoners who are trying to escape from a prison camp based on yeah, facts. Yeah, that's a very good um, movie. Yeah. Really good. I highly I know, recommend I just that. It on DVD. I love that movie. It's it's fantastic. James Garner, Steve McQueen, Richard Attenborough. I mean, Charles. Uh, what's his name? Is it Ch- no James Bronson with the Australian accent, which is probably one of the worst accents ever committed to cinema history. I don't know. Listen, Charles... you, could do a, you could do a better Australian <laughs> accent. Than that. Is it? Is it? Is it? Um, James Coburn. Charles sorry, James Coburn. James Coburn, Charles... but Charles Bronson's in so it. He's also in it. He's, he's pa- in he's it playing as well. Pole, he's I quite think, young in it. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. He's the digger. Um, he's the main digger, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
yeah, that movie's absolutely brilliant. Those are all really great recommendations. And uh, Maureen's absolutely right. The All Quiet on the Western Front is on Netflix if you want to catch that. And it looks, I saw the trailer and it looks flipping bleak, if I'm honest. Yeah, really, really hard you. watch. Um, it is a German film, but it is, if, if, if that's not your bag, they've dubbed it in English or you can choose to listen to it in German and just read the subtitles. Uh, thank you very much, Maureen Younger. Those are all absolutely fantastic suggestions. Um, I also read the book of Dust Boot. That's how much I enjoyed it. Oh, did you? Was it good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, really good. And and um, it just shows how the TV series sticks stick so closely to the book because it's pretty much. I mean, there's a few bits that aren't in it, but pretty much the same. And now uh, we are nearing the end of the podcast. We've all learned a lot. We've grown as people. We are now fully formed humans. Let's mm-hmm. let's uh, let's break that. No, 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 because part of being a fully formed human is addressing when things agitate you. We we need to express things in our lives that get on our get on our tits or or as we like to say, get get Jen's goat. Jen, what's got your goat this week? I don't want to lose my shit over Okay, this is it. Right. Jen's goat is happening now. I cannot handle this! Oh, well, uh, what I find really difficult when I'm touring is sleeping. I don't sleep very well anyway, and I don't know why. I just don't sleep well in hotels. It doesn't matter how nice the room is or how lovely the bed is. I do not sleep. So I'm always um, exhausted. I also find it very difficult to get to sleep. So, So I often don't get to sleep until, particularly after a show, Sometimes that's, t- not, that's normal, though, isn't it? That's yeah, yeah. Because you feel you're just wired, aren't you? Mm-hmm. So, two two thirty in the morning, I'll, I I will be awake. Um, anyway, on this one one night, uh, Maureen and I um, had uh, said good night to one another as we do, um, and uh, we did because just to be clear, we don't share a bed. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. There might be some of you assuming that a relationship. I mean, we're 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 not that far off that in our relationship, but we've we've drawn a line there. What what, what we do is we go into our separate rooms and then continue to text each other. But anyway, um, <laughs> anyway, so it gets to yeah, it gets to about two o'clock. I think right, I'm going to try and go to sleep, and I think it takes me a little while to get to sleep. Maybe I maybe I go to sleep at half past two. I think I've been asleep for about three three and a half hours something like that and uh, there's an alarm that goes off um it's one of those apple phone alarms you know the ones i mean um and it's in the room next to mine so the 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 walls must be quite thin because i can hear it like it's in my bedroom and i think i look at my watch and it's sort of quarter to six or something and i think oh god that's somebody that's have they're gonna have to get up you know and anyway they switch off the alarm and I start to head back to sleep. 10, 15 minutes later, the alarm goes off again. I'm awake. I'm like, oh, they, you know what it is. They put it on mute. They haven't gotten up. They put the the, the, the alarm on mute again or, or they dismiss it again. Anyway, this goes on for two and a half hours. Oh, my God. The fucking alarm goes off. Then they, they mute it. Ten minutes later, it gets to the point where 
I now am anticipating the alarm, so I can't go to sleep. And listen, it never not goes off. They don't get up until 8.30, by which point I'm awake. I'm not going back to sleep. It was so... So by the time Maureen... I think I went to... I think I might have gone... Te- Maureen texted me and said, are you ready for breakfast? And I was I like... Nine, just well, gone nine or something. I was like, you're well, up. I am, as in I'm awake, but I feel like death. <laughs> oh. I said to Maureen, you're going to have to give me half an hour because I was like, I've got to have a shower to wake up. I can't just... But it, honestly, they, it, can you imagine every 15 minutes? No. I said this to Maureen. Maureen was like, I would not have put up with that. I would have no. gone out the door. I would have banged no. on the door. And I thought... You know when you're in that sort of so tired when you're kind of not awake but you're not asleep? I I just... And also in my head I thought, they can't continue this. This has to end. I wouldn't be able to put up with my alarm going off every 15 minutes. So I can't imagine how this... But this person seems absolutely fine to just just like put it on snooze and then let it go off and then put it on snooze and then let it go off for two hours. So that meant... That on that day, which I think was Friday night, and then yeah. on the Saturday we were in Leicester. And we had no hotel, so we couldn't have a nap. So there was no way that we were going to go. So when we got to Leicester, I couldn't go and have a nap. I was oh. We were just wandering around Leicester all day um, before the, the show. Looking for greasy spoons. So there was, yeah, there, there was, that's probably why the greasy spoon incident broke me, because I was, <laughs> I was already so tired. <laughs> and we'd been walking around, carrying our bags. I'd had no sleep. Anyway, I just wish now, after Maureen had said that to me, I was like, I wish I had just got up, gone to their door, banged on the door and said, for the love of Christ, will you switch your fucking alarm off? Oh, yeah. you because that done. would have given me a sense of satisfaction just oh, God, to do gone that. gone to reception and said something to them. I remember once, it was a different scenario, where I was in a, uh, there was nobody around, it was a hotel, there were four lads next door to me, came back drunk, started playing music, it was late at night and I thought, well, I'm a single woman. I can't confront these guys. And it was in the days when everything has to be plugged in. So I just basically went to the fuse box in the corridor and took all the fuses out. So all the electricity went gone. So they had no light and they couldn't play their music. I could just hear them going, what's going on? What's going on? I thought, mm, someone's taking the fuses. <laughs> Good for you. Unfortunately, I couldn't take the fuse to this woman's phone. No. Uh, or man's phone. Trouble. Yeah. Although, can you imagine if they had a fuse in their phone? What kind of phone is this? <laughs> no phones have fuses in them anyway. No, but that um, is... That, I, they probably didn't realise that you could hear it, but that is annoying. No, I'm sure they didn't, but also it's unacceptable. I, I would always assume that if my alarm goes off in a hotel that you can hear it, because I can always hear other people. Can't you, when you stay in a hotel, if someone alarm... Even if you're in a... Uh, 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 when we were in that Ibis Hotel morning in, Gla- in Glasgow, I could hear someone's alarm go off. It's like you can you can... If your if your volume's up full whack on your phone and it's six o'clock in the morning and there's no other sound, there's no other sound happening in the hotel, you'll be able to hear that one sound, won't you? Do you know what? My room was like a one-off. I didn't have any neighbours. What, on that Friday? Don't tell her that now, Maureen. Don't. Oh, my God. We should have swapped <laughs> rooms. <laughs> I had a backside at one point and a window on the next. I overlooked the, the car park. Don't, don't Absolutely don't, shocked. Don't Shocking. Uh, also, if you're one of these people who needs 13 alarms to get up, get your shit together. Get your shit together <laughs> is all I'm going to say. You need 13 separate alarms to get up. You started at 6 to get up by 8.30. You've got some other fucking problems going on is what I'm going to say. Right? Seriously. Yeah. Totally. I was like, I mean, what the fuck? at once, I can understand. You know, Even a couple of times. A couple of times. 
But you know what not I mean? for two and a half hours. Not for like two and a half fucking hours. It was outrageous. So by the time I saw Maureen, I was I was just I felt delirious. <coughs> Excuse oh, me. Hun. That's unforgivable. Whoever that person is. Okay. Sorry, I completely missed that because you're both talking over each other. Let's start again. Alison, what are you saying? It's not important. (laughs) (laughs) It's not important. It was just, I was enraged for Jen. I just get so annoyed with those fucking people. Just, I get it. I need a couple alarms, but that is... Uh, but people don't yeah. understand ho- hotel etiquette as well. People don't understand because they don't live in hotels like we do. So, you know. It's basic hotel etiquette. Anyway, that really got my goat. But actually, I was so tired on the Saturday. Maureen, I only mentioned it once, didn't I? Like, normally, that's the sort of thing that yeah, I would you talk would about. I would have talked about for about. <laughs> I, would have talked, I would have bent Maureen's ear off about that. For, but I was so tired that I only mentioned it once and then I never mentioned it again. I like to think, Jen, that by you having this goat, this this chance for you to air your goats weekly, it's maybe helping you to, you know what I mean? Less, you're getting it out. You're saying it out loud. You're sharing to the world the things that are pissing you off on a large scale. And maybe that's a really good thing, right? Do you yeah. think you're feeling more relaxed because of that? Oh, no, absolutely not. No. Um, absolutely not. No, no, no. If anything, I'm more tense. Um, I'm more... In fact, I think actually, maybe in a way you're right, um, Alison, because I did, I had Zen Jen last week, which was... You did. That, that didn't, didn't make even any have sense. A goat. I mean, yep. didn't yep. have a goat, didn't do anything. And um, and literally by the time I'd finished the, the, the podcast, about six th- thoughts came and I went, I don't know why I didn't mention that and that and that and that and that and that. So... There we go. Uh, I should have just had a rant and then the rest of the week would have been a a little bit more chill. Oh, well, never mind. What a, what, 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 start again. Oh, well, never mind. What a wonderful podcast this has been. This has been possibly one of the top, what, what are we, this is top 71. I don't know what number we are. This is in the top 71 of all our episodes. um, Don't you think? Yeah. Have we done 72? Definitely. Yeah. We've done 83. We've done 83. We've done 83. Okay, so that doesn't make any sense what I've just said. You could still be in the top 71. Yeah, sure. Let's just say that. Women talking bollocks. If you have enjoyed WTV, please make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a little review. Oh, you can check out our socials now on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and you never know, we may even get on TikTok. And if you do like the show, please do have a look at our Patreon for bonus content and weekly treats. Well, that did. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.